Hello and welcome back to that haunted show. I hope you're all doing well. We've got a lot of exciting news this week. Apologies about last week's episode, how we had a lot of technical difficulties. Uh, the actual recording itself sounded like I was recording in a bathroom. It was just reverb e- everywhere, <laughs> echo, and I even think there was delay in there for some reason, which God only knows why. For some reason, it only really, it sounded a lot worse on Spotify. Everywhere else, it wasn't too bad. It, it was bearable. But Spotify, I don't know what they've used or... God knows, let's not dwell on it, so apologies again about that episode, so that's why I'm actually doing this as a bonus episode, to make up for it, because yeah, I'm, I don't know, I, I guess I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and having something like that, it, it really bugged me and annoyed me, so I had to kind of make something else up, and I mean, this was going to be the topic for next Sunday's episode, so I've just brought it forward, and hopefully we're looking for a release some point this week, if I can get it all recorded and edited in time. But I'm not quite sure about the final length of today's episode because it's it's going to be something a bit different like I said earlier. Instead of doing a whole deep dive on a place or an individual person, I want to break down a certain type of phenomena so we can all get a better kind of understanding of it. Because right now I'm just kind of presuming and talking about all these types of phenomena and activities, be it poltergeists or demons, residual haunts, but I wanted to break it all down so we're all on the same wavelength here. Because I know when I first started getting into the paranormal, it was mainly because I had a love for horror movies. I'm not gonna lie. Horror movies, artwork, and then I just got into it more. The more real paranormal activity. I'm doing air quotes. Not that you can even tell, but fair. And that's where it kind of gets a bit confused and you can get a bit lost because there's... There's a surprising amount to it. There's a lot of technicalities. It's not just a bunch of guys and girls out there chatting to some spirits and trying to do seances and Ouija boards. Well, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff out there, but that's not what it all is. There's there's a lot of science to it. Uh, but from uh, EMF meters, which measure electromagnetic frequencies, and basically what you want to do is with them, you kind of look for anomalies and spikes in certain areas. You could feel something. You kind of feel that dark entity, and then you'd scan it that area. And that's kind of a confirmation if you're getting spikes or anything that kind of comes across like that. And then you've got EVP, which is everyone's favourite, which is almost as solid proof as you can get, which stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena, which can be used just using a standard voice recorder and just trying to capture what you can. Sometimes, uh, well, actually, a lot of the time, people recording and doing these kind of seances and trying to get all this evidence, you don't actually hear anything audibly in your own ears. But then, when you kind of play back all the kind of evidence you've got, it's not until later you start to realise, hold up, what was that voice? And then you can kind of amplify it, break down that little area, and then you really kind of get in some kind of unexplained responses, which are really quite confusing. You can't really explain it. And sometimes they can be really intelligent. You can ask a direct question and get an exact response, an intelligent response, which is really quite clever. There's so much we can actually talk about here, so I'm going to break down all these little technical aspects down into like like future episodes, so you can kind of take it in better instead of me just firing loads of facts for nine on an hour. Hopefully there'll be educational, fun little sections, but if you're not interested or they don't go down well, we can change it up and just go back to researching separate locations and mysteries. But I thought it would be quite interesting to kind of break it down, because I know a lot of people, they're all kind of... Everyone's got different experiences. I mean, like I said earlier, I just kind of got in this and me being me, I'd have to look into everything and research everything. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really quite annoying, but it's something I have to do personally. It's, yeah, like if I get into something, I have to look up everything. The history, how it works, what it does. 
it's some kind of really annoying compulsive behavior i've got which goes into making a podcast actually like when i did this it was it took me ages to actually finally get around and do it i had to look up what mic to get i had to look up positioning I had to look up editing techniques all this kind of stuff which you don't even think about but it really does add up and for some reason if you're like me and kind of compulsive you really have to look into it and it's it's annoying there's a lot to it we get back to the episode now anyway so today's episode we're actually going to be looking at residual energy and hauntings which can otherwise be known as stone tape theory this theory is a speculation on ghosts and potential hauntings meaning that they are almost on a loop like an analog tape back in the day i mean tapes are pretty old now I'm, I, I can't even remember tapes that much if whatever happened back then had a kind of traumatic effect or a, a strong emotional effect it would leave almost like an imprint to that place and it could be replayed in, in sorts the term stone tape theory itself doesn't have an exact time frame of conception but it gained a lot of popularity during the winter of 1972 as a christmas ghost story was released on the bbc in england the show was called the stone tape funnily enough <laughs> Following the show's popularity, this cemented the term into paranormal investigators alike, who came into these types of anomalies in their own experiences. There is actually a parapsychologist named T.C. Lethbridge, who came up with an interesting theory on stone tape, and that was that he, he personally did not believe in ghosts, which is peculiar, being in that kind of field. Which, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, it's you're in parapsychology, the term kind of parapsychology, it, it kind of goes with ghosts and spiritual activity, right? I'll explain the theory. He went on to explain that he believed his interpretation of ghosts were not spirits of the deceased as we know it, but almost as if they were non-interactive recordings similar to a movie. So to try and look into this more, TC Lethbridge was trying to say that, and I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to come up with an example here, this isn't his own work, it's just a theory. So, uh, for example, say if your loved one died, let's say your mother, which of course is a really tragic event and... um. If anyone's lost any parents out there, it must be really tough and the almost one of the worst things imaginable. So of course you start to feel this, and then you start to you start to go through this, and then you start to feel her around the house. Maybe certain smells, activities in areas that were specific to her. I don't want to say haunted or visited because of course it, it's a loved one. It's 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 a it's a relative who's lost and kind of coming back. So. That would be a ghost spirit or a collection of energy who is there with you. Just getting on and doing what they, what she wanted as a spirit for now. Well, that's not what Mr. Lethbridge believed. He believed that if you were to be in the same situation and have the same activity, that it's more of, like I said earlier, a, a tape recording, an imprint on that place. Not actually a ghost or spirit visiting, but just, a, just of course, the traumatic event leaving the significant imprint which is replaying today. So it, it's an interesting theory. I mean, of course, when we can't prove spirits or ghosts activity is happening, but how do you explain the unexplained, right? Residual haunts, they do seem quite common. There's certain aspects of hall, uh, people walking down a hallway, footsteps at the same time, same place every day. It, it is. It's like a loop. It's like a loop on tape. So I can, I can see where he's coming from. It is an interesting theory. There's a lot of examples about these types of hauntings happening all over the world. Like I said earlier, footsteps walking across the hallway at the same time every day or even night whenever it happens, cupboard doors swinging open, TV units flicking on and off, all at the same time. 
on a loop, a, re a repeat, a tape. These are all very exact and precise anomalies to have happened, and I'm no expert in this field at all. I'm just strictly interested, and I have no professional expertise myself. But if these things were to happen to you, just keep track. Almost as simple as that. I don't want to sound patronising. When it happens, of course, I'll be running the hell out of there personally. Once you, <laughs> once you have gone to run out there, chill down, calm down, write down exactly what happened. Write down the time, the place, the exactly what happened from footsteps starting from right down the end of the hallway at the bathroom coming to the spare bedroom or something like that so it's exact you've got an exact plan you know what's going on you know the time it happens and then start to look up if it repeats like if it happens again document it and if it's the exact same time same pattern you're going to start to notice it and you're going to start to really feel like you have an understanding it's not just these bizarre events there isn't some kind of intelligent spirit which is just spooking you for the sake of it it's almost like this spirit or energy that is just stuck on a loop and it doesn't know what to do and it's not actually playing out to you or acting out or trying to personally scare you it's just stuck on a loop so like tc lethbridge's theory it could very well just be an imprint Maybe someone you don't even know at all. It could be someone who lived in your house previously and who enjoyed their time there, spent a lot of time, and it doesn't even have to be specifically tied to you. The main thing is just try and tell these types of activity apart. Right, I'm, I'm going to say generally speaking here, there tends to be that they're not intelligent or that powerful. A residual haunt isn't all that powerful. Of course, it's scary. Things are happening. It's unexplained. But try not to get too carried away because the more you think about it, and the more energy you put into it, into that, and the more you think about it, of course, it's going to manifest on your fears itself, which that's when you start getting the more disturbing activity, but we'll get to that later. So when this activity occurs, it's like a replay. The energy or spirit is not even conscious. It's not even aware you're there. It's some loop that they are tied to. It's not intelligent because it doesn't know you're there. It's not trying to mess with you. It's purely just replaying the cycle again and again. And of course, generally speaking, these types of activity aren't that strong. They can't interact with you physically, touch you. They do have the potential ability to actually move things, and that's where it gets a bit complicated. Like I said, they could be footsteps walking or cupboards flying open. Of course, this is part of the loop. This is what they're using. It could be back in the day when they lived there. They were opening cupboards. They were walking down the stairs, doing all this. This isn't actually happening now, if you know what I mean. It, it It's hard to think about. It's... They're definitely quite confusing, but we try and understand it together because I'm not too aware. It's, yeah, looking into it, there's a lot of stuff which, a residual haunt is, I don't want to say a basic haunting, but it, it, it's the start, it's the premise. And then you kind of look into it and once you start doing research and then you start to figure out, okay, maybe it's not a residual haunt, this is actually something intelligent. That's when it can get interesting. Like I said earlier about it getting complicated, when things start being moved around your house and doors are opening and shutting and you're thinking, let's just pack up and call the priest right now, <laughs> right? That's what I'd do because, I mean, as much as I love the paranormal, if things start flying around, I've got, I've got family, loved ones in the house, I'd want to get the hell out of there and make sure everyone's safe, right? The first thing that comes to mind is probably along the lines of a demon or a poltergeist. And I don't want to cause any confusion and say yes or no here, but looking at the activity, you can try and assess it yourself. Like, I don't want to do any fear-mongering or anything like that. I'm not about that. It's, like I said, keep a record. Try and understand if it's a regular pattern, but when things start changing, 
that's when you should try and get some help. I mean, I don't want to preach or anything, but you can get in contact with the show at That Haunted Show on our Instagram, on Twitter, or email thathauntedshow at gmail.com, and we can try and get you some help there. So, like I was saying, residuals are less powerful. Usually playing in loops, steps across hallways, doors opening, same time and same cycle. When things are being moved and activity is happening and it's not in this cycle, then it's probably a cause for concern. These are meant to be just like recordings, and recordings can't change. And when you start to feel that you might be oppressed, and that the areas are having an extremely negative feel, and you may feel unwell in yourself, and that you're being targeted. If you start seeing those signs and symptoms, then the activity is getting worse and you may very well have something a lot more intelligent. And don't get me wrong, a residual haunt is quite common, an event replayed over and over. It's, you hear about this all the time from, what is it, Anne of Cleves or something like that, walking around Tower Bridge with no head or something like that. It's, uh, not Tower Bridge, it's Hampton Court. A lot of, even to, it, it got quite mainstream. I mean, even you had Michael Jackson's ghost walking across his house in that hallway or something like that. It's, it's something quite common and you shouldn't, there's not that much cause for concern if these things are happening to you. Don't think like, straight away, demon, poltergeist, don't think the worst because then you put negative energy into it. And that's when, like I said earlier, your fears manifest in this energy itself. An intelligent haunt is a lot less common. It takes a lot more energy and it's conscious in itself. It's trying to make itself known. It's hard to try and understand why we have these types of spirits after death. And of course, logically speaking, we're never going to know what happens after death and when we finally pass to the other side. But why would anyone want to hang around for potentially eternity? I'm pretty sure I watched a good episode, actually, really similar to this theory. It, I, I think it was actually an episode of Supernatural. I can't be quite sure. But the premise was, if you were stuck as a spirit watching the world go by and your loved one's struggling coping with the loss of you, you're going to want to try and help and stay around which in itself is an interesting theory, but in hindsight, it's going to take a massive toll on you. You're going to be watching all this happening from the highs and the lows, and although you're potentially there, you're not going to be able to reach out and help at all. So time goes by and you start getting angry and frustrated, and then that's when you notice, oh, I can move that cereal box. I'm turning this anger and manifesting it into energy. Then that's when you begin to develop a more spiteful nature, in a way. You want to be noticed, maybe with the purest of intents, but the only way you can reach out is through this negative outlet of acting out. So it, it is a really vicious cycle. That's when a kind of a haunt becomes quite negative. If you look into like the theory, like I said, of people hanging around, then of course, if the only way they can reach out and kind of get into any contact with you is by being angry and putting all that negative energy in it, which they could just be trying to say hello. And of course, I don't want to just put some pure thoughts on it and make you feel nice and happy when things start flying at you they're just like oh that's so and so saying hello now it, it <laughs> nine times out of ten it probably is a cause for concern but of course like i said that was just an episode of supernatural but i, I did like the theory alone someone kind of staying alone trying to look after a loved one and be there for them and then of course them getting on with their lives and struggling and you can't do anything to help of course finally being able to manifest and move something but of course it's in a negative way it's like i said a vicious cycle and you don't want to get stuck inside it so in conclusion we now know that residual activity can be addressed quite easily it usually would take a lot of manipulation by something a lot stronger and with a lot more energy to lead you into a false sense of security by playing loops before amping it up to 11. this of course is in very rare circumstances and if anything, the only kind of phenomena I can think of that could be possible of something this intelligent and rigorous would be something demonic. Which of course is up to interpretation yourself. The term is used a lot and an actual demonic happening 
or haunting, whatever you want to call it, is extremely rare. They do happen, but don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that they never do or anything like that, but the chance is very slim. Thinking about it, it's it's a lot in pop culture. It, it's scary to say the word demon. and A lot of Hollywood movies and stuff like that, everything's demon this, demon that, and the whole kind of term is overused a lot. And it it, it sounds scary, right? So you were de- dealing with a demon other over than dealing with some kind of residual activity. It, it sounds a lot more impressive and something interesting to put in your CV. I mean, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. He, he took down a demon. Yeah, good on him. But it, it, the term, it, it gets thrown around a lot. And it's, it's something very, very, very extremely rare. And, of course, a demonic possession type of activity is a very long game. With a demon or spirit, all they have is time. Whereas humans, we're all limited. So they can literally play the long game, bringing you down and down to the lowest point you can get in. To, like, the darkest, deepest depression you can feel. And then, that's when they can kind of get inside your head and the possession kind of takes takes toll. There's a lot of different forms of possession. And... It does get quite dark. It can it, it can ruin lives. I mean, there's many cases where it literally leads to death after after some kind of exorcisms or anything like that. It literally it, it leads to death. There the person is not even left in there anymore. I'm no professional, and the last thing I want to do is lure you into a false sense of security here. Because you've witnessed an activity, but have noticed it's on a loop, so it can't be anything bad. It must be residual, right? Where if you're witnessing any type of activity, feel free to get in contact, like I said, and I can pass you on to some relevant professionals, or just do a Google search and you might be able to find someone in your local area. Just make sure they're reputable yourself and don't try to face these things alone. There's a lot of people out there who can help you. But that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. It was nice to do something a little bit shorter and have a more narrow topic of discussion. If you did enjoy the show, I'd love to hear from you. If you could uh, rate us on wherever you listen to your podcasts, I think as of now we're on about five platforms. We're just waiting to get on the big one, which of course is Apple. They're currently not letting me on because my artwork is really poor and it may potentially be stolen, which is not good. And then not stolen. Basically, it was a clip art and you had to pay for that clip art. And are you snipping tool to get rid of it? So yeah, basically I want to get more professional artwork. I'm going to leave two intros. So we've got a regular intro we're going to play and then I'm going to play a song at the end because I can't actually decide what track I like the best. So both tracks in their own right are really good and I just want to do a shout out. Let me just find the name quickly because they really came through a solid with us. The name is, uh, right, I don't want to pronounce this wrong, but Yiftang, Y-I-F-E-I-T-A-N-G. And again, I hope I pronounce it correctly. Yiftang, Yiftang, <laughs> I I don't know, but they really hooked us up and they did great, man. Uh, they're on Fiverr and I can't recommend them enough. If you like it, or I can send you the link if you get in the contact. The only thing is, of course, like I said, I'm torn. They're both really good and I can't decide. So any input, it'll be great. But again, as always, it's great to hear. I always say it's great to hear from you and I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> as always, it's been a pleasure. Stay spooky. Good night.